0: Our summaries this week contain three cases on civil procedure, all from the Arkansas Court of Appeals. The first is Unruh v. Five Star Painting Services, LLC, 2024, ARC App 152. The Arkansas Court of Appeals reversed and remanded in a case where plaintiff named the wrong party and filed an amended complaint, which omitted the party. This did not result in a dismissal in the absence of a court order doing so. A second issue was whether fees were properly awarded against plaintiff. While that improper defendant had a pending motion to dismiss with prejudice, the plaintiff moved for a voluntary non-suit, which should have been granted as a matter of right under Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 41A, and therefore there was no entitlement to a fee award, ruled the Court of Appeals by Judge Hickson. Effect of Omitting a Defendant from an Amended Complaint Quote, As an initial matter, we do not agree with Angie's claim that because her amended complaint did not adopt or incorporate her original complaint, and it omitted Five Star Painting Services LLC as a defendant, Five Star Painting Services LLC was dismissed and became a non-party upon the filing of the amended complaint with no further court action. End of quote. Entitlement to non-suit without prejudice, even with a pending motion to dismiss with prejudice. Plaintiff moved for a voluntary non-suit under Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 41A, and there was a pending motion to dismiss without prejudice. Because a plaintiff has an absolute right to a non-suit under the rule until the case is submitted, that right preceded a pending motion by defendant. Quote, Although the filing of Angie's amended complaint did not dismiss Five Star Painting Services LLC from the case in the absence of court action, Angie makes the alternative argument that if Five Star Painting Services LLC remained a party in the case, as we so hold, she was entitled to have her claim against Five Star Painting Services LLC dismissed without prejudice immediately upon request. We agree with this argument. In the instant case, even though Five Star Painting Services LLC had filed a motion to dismiss prior to Angie's request for a dismissal without prejudice, Angie's request for a non-suit before submission of the case was absolute and should have been granted by the trial court. See Duty v. Watkins 298, Arc 437. For that reason, we reversed the trial court's dismissal of Angie's complaint against Five Star Painting Services LLC with prejudice with instructions to enter a dismissal without prejudice. End of quote. Fees. The trial court erred when it awarded fees. The dismissal should have been without prejudice, so Art Code and Section 1622308, which requires one to be a prevailing party, was inapplicable. Quote, the Supreme Court has made it clear that to be the prevailing party entitled to attorney's fees under Section 1622308, the litigant must be granted some relief on the merits of the claim and that a dismissal without prejudice does not sufficiently conclude the matter such that a determination of the prevailing party can be stated with certainty. End of quote. This was a one brief appeal. End of decision. In Wester v. Wester 2024 Arc App. 156, the Arkansas Court of Appeals affirmed in a domestic relations case following consolidation with a tort case and entry of a default judgment. Judge Brown explained, quote, This appeal is taken from Sharp County Circuit Court orders entered in consolidated cases Edward Wester v. Trina Wester 68 DR 17189, a divorce action, and Floyd Prock and Debbie Anderson versus Edward Wester, 68 C.V. 18171, a civil proceeding. On appeal, Appellant Edward Wester asserts various challenges to the validity and scope of the default judgment entered in the divorce action. He also attacks the amended order and the contempt order entered in the cases. We affirm the arguments properly before the court. Untimely Appeal of Default Judgment As an initial matter, we note that Appelese urged this court to dismiss the appeal in its entirety without considering any of Edwards' arguments because although the appeal principally challenges the default judgment entered on February 3, 2020, Edward did not file an appeal from the default judgment until June 8, 2022, thereby making it untimely. While we do find that we cannot address the merit of Edward's arguments related to the default judgment, we disagree with the appellee's explanation as to why we cannot reach the default judgment challenges. Rule 2A4 permits an interlocutory appeal from an order which strikes out an answer or any part of an answer or any pleading in an action. If an order is appealable under Rule 2A, it must be appealed within the 30 days after entry of the order as prescribed by Rule 4A. Here, Edward failed to timely appeal from the portion of the February 3, 2020 order striking his answer to the amended counterclaim for untimeliness. Therefore, we grant Epley's motion to dismiss in part— as to the order striking Edward's untimely answer to the amended counterclaim. Following entry of the order granting default judgment, Edward filed a motion to set aside the order of default. The motion to set aside was denied in the amended order filed on February 7, 2022. Edward also appeals from the amended order that denied his motion to set aside the order of default. Two-Step Process Under Rule 55C Once a default judgment has been entered, Rule 55C requires a two-step analysis before a defaulting defendant can succeed in having a default judgment set aside. In this case, as discussed above, Edward failed to make a threshold showing by proving that one of the four enumerated categories of legally acceptable reasons or excuses existed to justify setting aside the default judgment. Because the threshold was not met, this court does not reach the second step of the analysis, whether Edward had a meritorious defense to the action. Moreover, even if the threshold showing had been met— we would still be unable to reach the second step of the analysis. Edward failed to present any argument as to a meritorious defense to the action. End of quote. Contempt. Another issue was whether the trial court properly held Edward in contempt. Quote, "...to the extent that Edward's argument may be construed as an assertion that he did not willfully disobey a valid court order, we find no merit." On February 26, 2018, the circuit court entered a mutual restraining order directing that the parties are further enjoined from selling any of the property belonging to the parties. On March 6, appellees discovered that Edward had cleaned out the house, removing all furniture and personal property. Even the kitchen appliances, including the refrigerator, oven, stove, and dishwasher, were removed. End of quote. Attorney's Fees Edward challenged the award of $13,500 in fees. These were awarded as a sanction for his contempt. There was no error. Quote, In contempt cases, the circuit court has discretion to fashion the punishment to fit the circumstances. A circuit court has wide discretion in determining the severity of the punishment for contempt. We find no abuse of discretion in the circuit court's award of attorney's fees as sanctions for Edward's contempt. End of quote. End of decision. In Johnson Industrial Maintenance Company v. Borkowski, 2024, Arc F. 146, the Arkansas Court of Appeals affirmed an order striking an answer for discovery violations. Judge Thayer rejected various arguments as defendant was never served with an order compelling discovery or the motion for sanctions. The opinion noted sanctions may lie even without a court order. Quote, Appellant's first argument is that the circuit court abused its discretion in granting the Borkowskis' motion for sanctions and entering a default judgment against them because they were never served with a copy of the order compelling their responses to discovery. Specifically, They argue that they never received notice of the circuit court's August 13, 2021 order pursuant to Arkansas Rule of Civil Procedure 5A and that it was therefore unfair for the court to have entered sanctions against them. This court and our Supreme Court have repeatedly held that a defendant's failure to comply with the court's order within the prescribed time is sufficient to warrant sanctions. Moreover, and relevant to appellant's argument, our courts have upheld Rule thirty-seven sanctions without an order to compel production, where a defendant has failed to answer interrogatories or has otherwise failed to comply with discovery. End of quote. End of decision.